Ancient Egyptian Legends and Stories. The Treasure Chamber of King Ramsintus. According to Herodotus, Book 2, Chapter 121, there was once a king of Egypt called Ramsintus, who was very rich and who worried in case his treasure should be stolen. So he got his architect to construct a treasure chamber made of stone next to the palace. The clever builder to whom he entrusted the work did so, but contrived to make a secret entry to the treasure chamber by making a stone that would turn at the touch, but which looked just like the rest of the wall. But then he fell ill. But because he died, he sent for his two sons, who were builders like himself, and told them what he had done. As soon as he died, the young men got into the chamber and removed some of the king's treasure. But they were not very skillful in disguising what they had done. And the next time that the king visited his treasure, he saw that some of the chest was empty. It was not long before the men had squandered what they got and went back for more. The king found this out also, but could not find the way they got in or out. So he set traps inside, and next time the brothers climbed in, one of them was caught in the trap. His brother could not release him, so the unfortunate youth told his brother to cut off his head and make off, so that the king would not know who had done this thing. This he did, and the king was very surprised to find a headless body in the trap and still more treasure missing. To find out who did it, the kings had the upper had the man's body hung beside the city wall and put a guard of soldiers upon it to catch anyone who tried to come and take it away. The thief's mother was very upset at this treatment of her son's body, as she told her surviving son that he must make some attempt to obtain his brother's body. So the youth devised a plan. He loaded his donkeys with wineskins and drove them along the road where the body was hanging. When he got near the soldiers, he contrived to loosen one of the ties and let the wine run out. He then cried aloud and beat his breast, running from one of the donkeys to the other, trying to secure their loads. The guards, seeing the wine running into the roadway, straightaway took vessels and caught some of the wine. At first, He abused the guards, saying it was their fault that he was losing his wine. But then he made it up with them and gave them another wineskin, and they all sat down together to drink it. Soon the guards got very drunk and went to sleep where they were. When night fell, the young man cut down his brother's body, put it in a sack that he had brought with him, and took it away. The king was therefore determined to find out who had done this to him. So he, so the story goes, thought Herodotus thinks it very unlikely, made his daughter act as a prostitute and accept every man who came to visit her. The only thing she asked of them was that instead of payment, the client would tell her what was the cleverest thing he had done and what was his greatest crime. The thief, on hearing this, determined to outwit her as well. He therefore got the hand and arm of a newly dead man. This he placed under his cloak. Then he went to visit the princess. When asked what he had done, he said his greatest crime was cutting off his brother's head when caught in the king's trap 
and the cleverest act was getting hold of his brother's dead body. The princess tried to grab hold of him, but the thief gave her the dead man's hand to hold, and he escaped in the darkness. The king was astonished when he heard about this, and had a proclamation made offering the thief immunity if he would come forward and confess. This the youth did and was richly rewarded. Some say he even married the princess, but this is unlikely, as the Egyptian kings did not marry off their daughters to commoners, however clever they may have been. The Famine Stella It begins year 18 of the Horus Nederket, Djoser, the king of Upper and Lower Egypt. Djoser was mourning in his palace because the Nile had not risen for seven years and there was a famine in all the land. There was no grain in the royal stores. All kinds of food had become scarce and men had become weak so that they could not go about searching for sustenance. Everyone was in distress. There were no offerings to give to the temples. Young and old alike suffered. Djoser inquired of his chief of works, Imhotep, as to where Happy rose. He was unable to say, but he consulted the priest at the Temple of the Net, which was one of the names of the Temples of Thoth at Hermopolis. Imhotep's lector priest went quickly to Hermopolis and consulted the sacred books, from which he learned that the headwaters of the water of the river rose at Elephantine, the first gnome of Upper Egypt, bordering on Lower Nubia, to the south. The river traditionally was said to rise in two caverns where dwelt Happy, but Kanum, the ram-headed god of the cataract, controlled its flow as he held the bolt of the door in his hand. He was known as Lord of the Fields because he supplied the water for the crops, controlled the fowl and the fish of the river. He controlled not only the Nubians to the south, but the quarries that lay around the first cataract. It is here that the stone was obtained for the temples of Egypt and the statues of the gods and the kings. Djoser, having learned that Kanum was the god who controlled the waters of the Nile, made the god an offering and slept in the temple. There he had a dream, wherein Kanum appeared to him in a kindly fashion. The god addressed him, saying, I am Kanum, your maker. My arms are around you to steady you and to save you. I give you the rock to build your temples and rebuild those which have fallen into disrepair. I am the creator God who fashioned mankind on my wheel, but of recent years my shrines have fallen into decay. No offerings have been made to me. If this is remedied, the Nile will rise again. Djoser was delighted to find the cause of the trouble, and he hurried to make a decree in favor of Kanum. He offered him control of all the land on both sides of the river, as far as Tecompso, a region extended 12 stadia, a Greek measure, south of Elephantine. He gave him control of all the fishermen and hunters of the region, possession of all the land and the tenant farmers who were working there, as well as all mineral rights and one-tenth of gold, ivory, ebony, carabwood, carnelian, 
and all precious stones that were found there. As Elephantine was the trading post with Wawet in the south, this gave Kanum a very large revenue. The temple was also to have one-tenth of the dues from the royal quarries, and all that was necessary was to be supplied to the temple. This was a tremendous benefaction and would have made the Kanum priesthood one of the richest in the land. This is one of several accounts of famine in the Egyptian text, some of which predate the biblical accounts by many centuries.